Tales, Tales. Music by Casket Bound. Hello and welcome to the show. Tonight, myself and my lovely co-host, Rachel, uh, will be talking about dead internet theory, uh, which is an, a fascinating, appropriately enough, internet conspiracy theory. Uh, so, Rachel, why don't you give us the, the lowdown on what the dead internet theory is? So dead internet theory is basically like the internet died and everything online is bots. And some people take it very seriously. Other people are more ironic about it. And then other people are in between. Um, <laughs> I think it's pretty true. I mean, it's at least true enough to be more than a joke. So what what do they mean though do they mean that the internet just died and we're all hallucinating it ever since what's what's the what's the driving force behind the theory from the daily free press october 21st 2021 the internet is dead according to the internet it's a contradictory statement i know how could an entity that is alive claim that it is deceased a growing number of online communities believe the internet died between 2016 and 2017 and has been taken over by bots that are spreading seemingly lifeless content that big tech and the government created and attempts to manipulate culture. So basically, as more and more bots got online, more and more content was manipulated, and the genuine content is on the Internet is now completely obscured by bots. Yeah. So... That that would be, I, I think, the the most reasonable <laughs> interpretation. So the the idea that the the internet is dead. I mean, it's both true and not true at the, at the same time. Certainly, the internet that we used to know, you know, um, sort of post post BBS, um, but but pre social media. I think that internet is is almost entirely gone. Certainly, that internet is dead. And there is a lot of fake content up there. But at the same time, you know, the internet is still obviously there, you know? Um, people may have, I mean, like, like saying in the article, it, it's contradictory. This is a theory that has sprung up on the internet. So it, it's funny that it's an internet theory made on the internet about the internet being dead. Yeah. I mean, the irony is definitely intentional. But, you know, the idea of the internet kind of operating as like a weekend at Bernie's protagonist actually makes more sense than one would initially want to believe when you see the way that things have been going, the way that algorithms have kind of led this new push for people to be more and more generic and to remix each other and to quote celebrities and I mean, can, can you really call that a lie? <laughs> Isn't it sort of uh, past the point in a return? Yeah. I mean, um, when we were doing show prep, I kept talking about it being a zombie internet theory. Um, <laughs> but that was, I was, I, I just realized what I was thinking of when I was saying that. I was thinking, there's this idea that the Simpsons isn't the Simpsons anymore. It's zombie Simpsons, right? <laughs> because the. <laughs> 
the stories and so on aren't as good anymore, and it's just like this shambling corpse. <laughs> you know, only it only keeps going by inertia, <laughs> really. <laughs> and that's kind kind of similar to what we what we have yeah. with the internet. I think, yeah. Yeah, I mean, according to the Atlantic, and there have been several articles on this. No one, Cyclops had a really good tweet storm about this too, and um, th- there's definitely a consensus that artificial intelligence has become a lot more popular and that because of that you don't really know what people are saying outside of a i guess like curated um let me just quote the atlantic let me explain dead internet theory suggests that the internet has been almost entirely taken over by artificial intelligence like lots of other online conspiracy theories the audience for this one is growing because of discussion led by a mix of true believers sarcastic trolls and idly curious lovers of chit chat. Yeah, um, my dad used to work in like early internet communications and satellite TV and uh, networks and terminals and things like that. He he just absolutely refuses to call it artificial intelligence. He calls it <laughs> he calls it artificial <laughs> idiots, Dumb, <laughs> dumbasses, and bots. Yeah. 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 Well, it's the people trying to be more like robots and robots trying to be more like people. I mean, if you, you go back to like just game theory or basic bitch ass capitalism, you know, like the winners are always going to be imitated. Even if what the winners are doing is stupid and unentertaining and mindless, if they're winning, they're going to be imitated. And when you bring AI into the picture, you know, you have a recurring imitation. Yeah, because whatever success happens feeds the algorithm, but then there are other priorities besides success also feeding the algorithm, censoring people. You, I mean, you can't get an unedited feed on your, on your social media at all. You can't just get straightforward, you know, timeline in order of what people said and when. It's all curated it's all got advertising slipped into it uh like twitter i mean literally today i think just rolled out a new update where they've buried getting your straightforward timeline beneath another layer of bullshit so yeah everything is interfered with by these Mm. bots i'm so glad i left twitter honestly i don't know how people can sustain that much artificial stupidity (laughs) (laughs) uh yeah, I don't. I don't like sport, but arguing with people is is my sport. So Twitter's great for that. <laughs> fair, fair enough. I mean, so we we can go back to like Baudrillard, simulacre and simulation, and that was a book that he wrote about everything kind of being a fake sort of microcosm of what reality really was, and you know that was what the Matrix was based on. The film, the original Matrix, yeah. was based on this book by Baudrillard who was really commenting on like modern society and the way that people operated and how on a long enough timeline, it all kind of becomes a copy of itself, a replicant, a fake version of the initial article. Yeah. Or the idea of society as spectacle. Um, society of the spectacle. Yeah. I think. Yeah. I've got a word. I, I love those surrealist existentialist weirdo philosophers (laughs) because i think that's that's a lot of it as well everyone is looking for their 
their dopamine hit from their from their thumbs up or <sighs> yeah you know to to make it to be able to make a living by essentially doing nothing um the so internet isn't dead you've just killed it <laughs> yeah but for for me for it to be for the internet to be dead you would have to have an overwhelming critical mass of content being produced by bots we do now, it's called web3 we are there you you are here the yeah. internet has died all we have now is tokenization hmm but i mean um, happening now Places like BuzzFeed and so on, um, they used to have like the live board of what articles were doing well, and mm. they would have things like headline mashes and so on, and uh. listicle generators, <laughs> you know, that are it's all based on algorithms. But there's, there's still a human at the end of it writing something. Maybe. Uh, I mean, I've seen like advertisements for content generators where the bot will just write an entire essay for you. And a lot of content producers use that now for their work. So, yeah. And there's that, um, artist friend of yours who does like whole books <laughs> using weird algorithms to, to produce nonsense, <laughs> essentially. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's kind of like experimental art in its own right. Yeah. It's very, or, or is tradition. he a bot? <laughs> He could be. <laughs> he could be. He, he wants you to, to question that. Ken, Kenji territory. I think you're talking about the Japanese yeah, side of yeah. who's also a noise musician. Yeah, I mean, that's some pretty groundbreaking, just out there performance art. I think um, what, what's interesting is that a lot of these musicians that were in these underground scenes kind of predicted what was going to happen, you know, mm. in this dystopian internet. You know, like, we were there burly and we, we kind of foresaw it but it was a part of this art world you know yeah. now it's it's not a <laughs> an art world it's not an episode of black mirror it's just you know it's robots just, and humans being dumb together yeah it's just a regular sunday <laughs> evening <laughs> <laughs> just another day uh one aspect of this sort of philosophically speaking um i know it's a word that people get wrong a lot but the do you remember the, the SoCal hoax, which people have tried to replicate, where he just oh. generated a, a, a nonsense postmodernist paper? Oh, um, yeah. Yeah, SoCal Squared, yeah. Yeah, uh, but the original SoCal, they also, fairly fairly soon after, after that, really, um, you can find several generators online that will produce postmodernist academic papers <laughs> just <laughs> essentially randomly and oh yeah but you can't tell the difference between them and a real postmodernist <laughs> academic paper <laughs> which is the point <laughs> well, i mean sometimes the replica works better you know than yeah. the original one um this is this is what owen cyclops was talking about in his tweet it was a site that he was a member of called injure I think that's how you pronounce it. Um, mm. And people, they would leave comments that were just like 4chan memes, like I'd hit it, you know, or just um, that feeling when, right? Um, and so the administrators of the site, they found the most popular phrases that their users would put as comments. Yeah. And on April Fool's Day, they automatically posted these comments to all the pictures. <laughs> <laughs> and the users could not tell the difference. And they were randomly chosen for random pic pictures that had no connection. And there was no distinction. It was like, if anything, the 
algorithms were doing better, you know, than the original content producers, <laughs> you know, because it's like, oh yeah, there's that meme again. Like, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's interesting though, because we've kind of had, um, a natural experiment over the last few weeks that has, that has popped up. Um, it's kind of stereotypical to blame everything on, on Russian trolls and, and bot farms and so on. But since Russia invaded Ukraine, either the, the digital gates have slammed down on Russian trolls or their entire efforts are going towards Ukraine. But certainly a, a lot of people seem to have commented that <laughs> the internet seems a lot nicer. All, all of a sudden, there's a lot less trolling, a lot less far-right bullshit being sprayed all over your comment sections. Um, like Ben Shapiro dropped 10 ranks in popularity for his website <laughs> overnight. Wow. <laughs> so it's a great equalizer. So truth be known, I don't follow any of these commentators anymore. Like yeah. I wouldn't know the difference between Ben Shapiro and a random person on the street, let alone like how many views or fans they have. I'm yeah. just completely out of touch <laughs> with this whole You're not missing anything. media apparatus. Um, so I, I, <laughs> I think that people shouldn't engage with it, to be honest. But yeah. But it is, it is interesting that we've had this natural experiment that has apparently wiped out a bunch of these bots or a bunch of these Russian trolls pretending to be people who they're not. And so. Well, have they also wiped out, you know, like innocent casualties who are just using the wrong words? Probably. <laughs> like, how, how do you know when you're like not becoming the McCarthyist, you know, yourself, right? Yeah, that's, that's, that's the trouble. Um, and drawing that line is where the debate should be, I think. That's a good point. I really like the way you put that. That's where the debate should be. <laughs> yeah. Keyword should. Well, yeah. The, the, the debate we're having is this kind of black and white ban people or don't ban people, not about where we draw the line where mm. we should ban people or, or cut them off or not. It's just, Right. Label someone persona non grata and get rid of them or, or don't yeah. seems to be the argument. But at the same time, if people have a bunch of bots that they're getting to artificially inflate their posts, you know, like, I don't think that's okay either if they're not disclosing it. And, you know, like, it seems very that somebody could just buy a bunch of bots and have a million people get into somebody that was really bad because they had the money to buy the bots. Yeah. You know, and you see like these completely vapid influencers on TikTok, and it's obvious that they got a shitload of money and a shitload of bots because there's no way they would have that kind of fellow. <laughs> there's just, there's just no way that that many people would be into something like that if they didn't have a bunch of bots. It's completely absurd. Yeah, but it works. That's the that's the sad thing. I mean, people have been buying followers for social media for a very long time, um, possibly even as far back as as MySpace days, certainly. And while the companies uh, say they try to do things to, to curtail that, it happens anyway, and people find ways to get around being detected. And to be perfectly honest, the social media companies get a big boost from all these fake users anyway, because it, it bumps up their numbers and makes them seem more more popular. You know, it's something you can sell to advertisers. Yeah, it's definitely... 
uh, pain in the ass to be a content producer and I have to compete with all these robots. I would say, um, understanding organic followings is important if you want to have a critical eye, you know, and then it's like your life becomes a Turing test. You have to determine what comments are real and what comments are not. And you can be like, Oh, this person obviously has robots for commenters, but it's, um, <laughs> You know, like you, you can't prove it either way, and unless you have that person, you know, on video camera, yeah. You know, and even then, it could be some kind of real life deep fake LARP, you know. <laughs> yeah, or just someone pretending to be someone they're not. A random sociopath trying to get a bit from you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's, it's... <laughs> just, just another day. So. <laughs> <laughs> Dead it's, internet it, theory. I, I believe it. I'm a true believer. Yeah. I'm just uh, going to take the internet is dead. You have killed it. You know, I'm <laughs> going to take a, a Nietzschean view here. I think that too many dumb people got online and bought too many robots and that the internet is a decaying corpse that cannot be reanimated. I'm going to go with it. <laughs> stick to my guns. You cannot kill what does not live. <laughs> But I think that the commercialism is part of it and the fact that everyone is hustling, <laughs> I think, is a part of it. These are things that encourage this kind of behavior. And, oh, and like I said, hustling, I think only the hustlers are exposed in the limelight. You've got a bunch of people who have stepped away that have been run off the internet that don't want to bother with it anymore that are just doing private things. And then you've got the, the whole web three migration and. I mean, I, I don't think that everybody is hustling. I think we just know about the people that are. Yeah, they are the loudest, and they certainly buy the biggest vo- voices <laughs> online. But- I, man, it, like when when you're like in your early twenties, though, everybody wants a piece of you. It's kind of the yeah. time to do that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we're seeing that with all this, um, well, the ongoing sort of crypto speculation and blockchain it'll fix everything <laughs> just got to find that one thing that it fixes well, it's first a result of the internet becoming this corpse the blockchain has been able to gain the traction that it has because the centralized internet is full of bots and people yeah. understand that it's not authentic I guess even a corpse has useful organs <laughs> yeah. I, I like that is the beginning of a book you know, really sinister book. It's the first yeah. sentence. <laughs> Can you say it again? I'm, I'm kind of into it. <laughs> so even a corpse has useful organs oh, inside yeah. it. Say it again, baby. <laughs> you get me in trouble. I'm so so horny right now. I'm kidding. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think this was that show. Oh, I'm not a necrophile. I just like to file. I- just like to file. I'm not a <laughs> I'm a product manager, bitch. Get the fuck out. I don't uh, have any I, corpses here that I'm doing sexual shit with. <laughs> moving, moving swiftly on. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think one, one of the most egregious examples of how fake the internet can be, I think, and how exploitative it can be is dating sites because they make massive use of bots oh yeah because the first three people you swipe right on are hot and then you're more likely to 
swipe right on the uglies. <laughs> first three are bots. Those first aren't taste, real people. First taste's free. The first three are generated from, what is it, that Google website, does this person exist? You know, you, oh, yeah. you gener- generate a, a random hot hottie. It, I mean, it, isn't that what it is to get you to swipe more? Isn't it to boost user user engagement? You know? Yeah, um, partially. And also, um, there's a huge gender differential on signups to dating sites. That's and it's not yeah. surprising. I mean, that, that seems obvious. And it's, it's a real problem because if it's, you know, 90% sausage party, then the few women that you've got on there are going to be absolutely bombarded with unsolicited dick pics and <laughs> everything else. Then some of the dick pics might be generated by robots. Oh, well, yeah. Robots <laughs> talks. This dick is not real. Dot com. Does uh, this dick exist? <laughs> um, so what they do is they kind of seed the sites with a whole bunch of fake female profiles. And, yep. and, and chatbots. And so they will contact men on the site, um, either new, new guys who've joined the site or ones who've been around for a while, but haven't had much contact with anyone. And that strings them along and keeps them on the site. And because typically they have to pay, uh, a subscription or a fee in order to be able to, to contact people directly. If you make them feel like, you know, oh, there are women on here and some of them are at least slightly interested in me, they're, they're going to stick around, which is kind of ruthless and, and heartless. Yeah. But, I mean, it's, it has the vibe of like the popular girls playing a mean prank on a nerd to make him think that he's prom king. Yeah. Yeah. And then the pig blood falls from the ceiling. And- <laughs> yeah. 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 Brutal. Brutal. Yeah, it's but it's um it, it's corporate bullying and gaslighting. Uh, so, do you we, think Carrie was like a depiction of that? Was it like a? I'm thinking about that last scene, and I'm wondering if they were speaking but, to that type of like advertising I think and gaslighting. And I mean, uh, everyone wants to be at least accepted by the popular kids, I suppose, or at least at, at some point. Well, the element of people wanting acceptance is without a doubt used to gaslight people on a very manipulative scale for buying followers and boosting up engagement. You know, like if you think more people are into something, you're more likely to be into it. If you're just like some yeah. random teenager who is worried about being rejected you know, and there's something you really like and you see that many people don't like it. You're less likely to talk about how you like it. There's something you don't really like, but all of your popular friends are talking about how much they like it. You're going to pretend to like it because you're young and you want to fit yeah. in. And you don't, you haven't developed your own personality. Um, and yeah, that, that's how all this stuff works. It's unfortunate. I, I wonder how much is human nature and how much is like just like bad things that humans have done. <laughs> well, it's it's interesting to compare it to. It isn't ab- the same thing. If humans do bad things, maybe that's human nature. <laughs> <laughs> well, comparing it to adolescence and comparing it to Carrie, um, you well, know, sure. adolescence. I mean, it's a depiction of uh, yeah. 
I mean, adolescence, adolescence you know, they don't have fully formed, fully functional brains. They, they don't have a complete sort of empathy loop working quite. And the internet makes us all a little bit sociopathic because we're interacting with all these people who aren't real because they're outside of our social circle. Um, you can't see them. You don't interact with them personally necessarily. So they kind of automatically get dehumanized to an extent. So right. Objects. And, yeah. You know, like figures. Symbols. I mean, the, I mean, the dead internet theory is basically that none of this is, is real, but to a lot of people, the people out there on the internet, you know, aren't real to the same extent that people in their, in their personal lives. That's are. a good point. Yeah. I mean, if you're in like hyper, you know, Darwinist troll mode, then yeah. every poster is just like your peon to manipulate, right? Or, yeah. you know, like some random character in a video game to kill. Yeah. And I think, um, nope, I've lost my train of thought. We're talking about like dehumanization and. Uh, Yeah. So everyone's looking, you know, the, the hot property is authenticity, right? And I think that's what's driven a shift to, to video and audio because people think it's harder to be fake. Um, yeah, when you can see someone, you can read their, their body language and so on. It, yeah, it takes more effort to, to lie in that kind of format, perhaps. I don't know. Um, I think most people don't like authenticity. I think they claim to, but it's performative. I think when most people see true authenticity, they do not like it. <laughs> That's what I was going to kind of circle around to. Because it, it's not actual authenticity they want. It's fake authenticity, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right? Authenticity is now just another, oops, is now just another marketing buzzword, right? So there's that whole bit um, Bill Hicks used to do talking about marketers saying, ah, oh, Bill, he's doing that anti-establishment thing. That's very hot. That's very good marketing. No, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck off. Yeah. That's not what I'm doing. You know? <laughs> There's a so authenticity has just become another kind of kind of buzzword, and like you say, people don't actually react that well to you when you're know. being real. If the I okay, so I feel like people are kind of nihilistic now, and I don't even think that we're trying to signal authenticity anymore. I think we're trying to signal irony. It's a culture. We're trying to signal self awareness. We're trying to signal how much we know you know um authenticity is kind of seen as as cringe now it's looked down upon it's sort mm. of a passe in a way <laughs> like, like look, at, <laughs> look at that true believer <laughs> you know it, it's i mean i that could just be my point of view though it's it's hard to keep up sometimes because the internet cycles through mm. fads so right. quickly this and- is true yeah yeah how, how do you keep up yeah, it's it's impossible. Even if you're plugged in, you know, 24 <laughs> hours a day, you can't keep up. You it's- can kind of like predict things if you're someone who's been on the internet for a while. You can kind of like test a boom and bust cycle of a meme and a, a new yeah. story. And you can be like, all right, in a week, nobody's going to be talking about this. Or, you know, in three days, people will not shut up about this. And- <laughs> 
Yeah. You can kind of feel it. The, the, the vibration of the internet nexus. Yeah. Um, do you think any of this has to do with the destruction of online anonymity? Um, I, I don't know because I think a lot of anonymous accounts are just bots of some non-anonymous person trying to boost their yeah. That That's the thing. But um, we've gotten to a point where society is now cybernetic, even if our bodies aren't, right? There's, there's a blend between meat space and digital space in a way I don't think even William Gibson could have, could have predicted, you know, and because so many people are trying to project their identity online, they're a lot more discoverable. You, know, you can find out who someone is without too much effort. Um, though everyone looks down on doxing quite rightly, I think, but it's not that difficult really to find out who people are. And people are getting fired over stupid nonsense from their real world jobs, from things they said online 10 years ago, you know? Well, I think the newer generation, they're more robust and immune against cancel culture because they use so many anonymous accounts. I think that using our real names is not, I mean, just like look at the web three community. They, they've all got, pseudonyms they've all got fake names they're mm. all creating characters and they're very focused on opsec you know after having seen their peers um and their influencers get canceled you know that they've become more adept to shifting identities hmm. well we've got you and me we've got our sort of online identities i suppose that are aspects of ourselves I mean, you're trying to get away from your your old name and persona a bit. Uh-huh. How how are you finding that? Is it is it well, weird? Okay, so I was online very early, and it wasn't really something that I had to be. It was more like I was the same online as I was in person. I had this character, but it was fully me, and hmm. I was exactly the same online as I was in person, but I was a character in person, you know, Hmm. I was a performance artist. I was a musician. I was a very creative, expressive person. And so all of that self-expression was authentic. What started happening, um, was that people knew me from previous times in my life who expected me to be the same person that I was then and to have that same character. Hmm. And they would see me like five, 10 years later, and want me to like spit out catchphrases and kind of like put me on the spot and try to get me to say certain things to their friends. And I found it just like very icky, you know, yeah. because I wanted the, the freedom to change and evolve and grow. And when people expect you to be this character, you're confined in a social sense. And, you know, you, you have to break away from that. If you really want to have freedom of expression and identity, you can't, mm. Can't Hold get on locked into to, it. like somebody else's, you know, opinion of you and who you publicly presented as, you know, it's, um, that stuff can really hold you back and tie you down, you know, and I had a very countercultural persona and a lot of people didn't take me seriously for that. Um, and you know, like when you're younger, you can do that kind of thing. There's a bigger audience, um, <laughs> cause you've got a bunch <laughs> of other persona countercultural weirdos around you, you know, and then people have to like grow up and 
get real jobs and buy houses and not die and you know <laughs> all, all that hashtag adulting happens. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think with me, um, I think adopting a persona ended up helping me be truer to myself in a lot of ways. So it wasn't so much donning a fiction suit as stripping away all the masks and bullshit you, you put up to, to get by in life, you know, and, and getting down to something that was more like me. Um, I like that. So I, I used to go to a lot of, um, nerd conventions mm. and, uh, having met some of the people who worked on the, on the games and books and comics and things that I always liked. I always found meeting them quite disappointing, <laughs> right? Because the kind of guys mostly who were behind the stuff that I was into largely were like interchangeable fat middle-aged mm. guys in cargo shorts, right? <laughs> well, with, what's, what's wrong with that? Are you, well, is, are you like looking? No, nothing's wrong with that, but as a fan, and you look, look at the con- you look at the content they produce, <laughs> right? And the content they produce is all this countercultural sort of deep ideas, oh, right? Okay, yeah, sure. And, and yet, you practically could have bought them from a kit <laughs> with <laughs> the odd get blown. Yeah. I mean, well, when you're young, you do a lot of projection, and you kind of expect your heroes to not be regular people yeah because they they have a mystique about them based on the character that they create (laughs) i mean like i I like what you said about being able to be more fully yourself i mean i think that's the best way to do characters well when i when i started producing stuff and started going to conventions to sell product or to do panels or, or or whatever um, I was very conscious that I didn't want to be the same kind of disappointment. So I started exaggerating mm. my style and, and so on and, and wearing different clothing, um, to the point where I now dress like a cheap knockoff of, of Rob Zombie. Um, <laughs> but that, but that was also an excuse to be myself because that was closer to how I used to dress. Mm. Um, right. when I went I to, like the idea yeah, of your own superhero you know like becoming your own avatar there's something really important about that yeah. like well, that sorry, uh-huh. so let's say the the exceptions to the to the disappointing schlub rule were people like um like warren ellis or um grant morrison right and Ellis had this exaggerated persona with his cane and his and his hat and everything, and well, I don't need to go into how Alan, <laughs> Alan, Alan Moore <laughs> presents himself. Comic book people are so genuine; they're so loving, you know. They're, they're not trying to be cool. Some of them are, and it used to be like that. No, but I think- like the, the comic book crowd is less subjectively trying to be cool. That's why people are nicer. Yeah, but uh, certainly Grant Morrison. Yeah, he is a very intense guy. Or does he yeah. call himself gender neutral now? I I can't I can't Daddy, keep up. Keep up with the genders. <laughs> yeah. 
Well, he to be fair to him, he always used to play around with that. Like um, the Lord Fanny character in The Invisibles was based partially on that's his experiments with cross-dressing true. and stuff. Well, that, that was um, Grant Morrison, though. Yeah, that's, that, Grant, that's Grant Morrison. But Morrison going to comic book yeah. conventions and stuff, he was always dressed really sharply. Like well, he was in a, King in a Mob. Suit. The, the yeah. King Mob character was like his alter ego superhero. Yeah, but he stood out from the crowd at these, mm. at these cons and so on mm. by by being the opposite to what everyone else was. He was always you know sharp suit, okay, very okay. Neat, so tailored. You, you think a lot of these people they just all looked like they were at a board meeting. Dressing up as nerds, you could tell the real creators they had like a different essence. You're saying, yeah, yeah, maybe it is prejudice, but it is hard to take someone seriously as a as an edgy creator when they're stood there in Crocs. <laughs> maybe that's unfair, but well, the question is if you saw them. Warren Grant, right, at the convention, you didn't know who they were. Would they have seemed like the people at a board meeting dressed up as nerds to you? Did something in your brain make you experience them as more authentic or, you know? Um, I mean, like I say, with, with all of them, um, Alan Moore as well, it's, yeah, he just decided that instead of a midlife crisis, he was going to become a wizard. You know? <laughs> and, <laughs> And he, he tailored his his look to that, but with with them, it feels more like the costume is a presentation of their true self. Mm-hmm. And I think, I think it's good. Yeah, I mean, it, like like a superhero costume, right? Like Morrison talks about that in in Super Gods the, and things. The thing How- though, if you're famous, right? Like really famous, and you're doing that as a career, that's different from. If you're doing it as a side hustle, right? I think yeah. that establishing yourself as a personality, mm. you know, mm. and having a brand that lasts through the changes of all the internet cycles, mm. you know, it's something that not everybody can do. And the people who do it and do it well are in a league of their own, you know? Yeah. And it, it's, like with all these people now trying to be famous, right? With all these people trying to be influencers, it's a completely different world from from how the the online world was like even ten years ago. You know where yeah. it was all opsec, right? It was all people hiding because they didn't want to get fired, and you know, yeah. like people would fake social justice. Like even the, the people who were like considered far right now were like towing the line performatively. You know, and uh, then when the Instagram culture really peaked, you know, about like yeah. six, seven years ago, and like suddenly every girl with an iPhone was some fitness <laughs> guru, wellness coach, you know, like the social yeah. media world changed, the social <laughs> software adapted, you know. Yeah, and every guy suddenly had a photo of himself in front of a big expensive car and his profile would say, Working out of Dubai and London or something. Yeah, you could, again, clones. Douche bros. <laughs> yeah, douche bros. Yeah. <laughs> I used I, to not use that word because <laughs> I thought it was uh, just a way to um, oppress, like, white 
nerd man or, or something <laughs> because I because I was living in San Francisco, right? And yeah. was really smart there. And when I heard like the word tech bro, like I didn't see it because everybody there was just like a huge autistic nerd, <laughs> you know. Um, and then I moved to Austin, and I'm like, oh, that's a tech bro. <laughs> I'm like, ah. Yeah, yeah it, it is. I mean, it is That's used. Douche, bro. <laughs> <laughs> it is used to uh, maybe not oppress, but to dismiss a lot of people. But there's also a lot of truth to it. <laughs> right, right. I think I've. I think right, I know what the difference is. Right. So th- the, these like uh, guys with their with their profiles saying that they're a, they're traders and they're based out of Dubai, or whatever. It, it's all fake, <laughs> right? It's yeah. all nonsense that's so just this is designed. The internet. This is the- yeah, it's pre- it's projecting an inauthentic message. Whereas the the personas and the costume of people like Morrison and and Ellis mm-hmm. and, and more, that's hyper real. Mm, I like that. Okay, yeah. So the hyper real, the more real than real, you know, more animated expressive version of oneself is at one end of the curve and then the douche bros that are just being overly generic to get the most likes and hits are at the other end of the curve yeah it's it's um pushing the button to get the treat right Mm, it's skinner yeah skinner box yeah (laughs) <laughs> they're they're all pigeons, man. Not like us, comic book heroes. Not like us, uh, rock doves, which are actually right, the same as pigeons. Super hero mutant ass yeah. kicker. Well, <laughs> well there used to be this philosophy on image boards like 4chan, right? That anonymity was the way to true authenticity because you weren't being judged on anything other than what you said and did, right? Mm -hmm. Whereas now anonymity is seen as a sign of inauthentic. Mm -hmm. Um, Well, I mean, those communities that have lasted seem to have a lot of anonymous names now, and I think that that's definitely a big change from people just working really hard not to be noticed, you know, like <laughs> under the real names. Now you've got people actively creating these personas online that are the OPSEC itself. And I think that that's why a lot of it seems phony and insincere is because it's operation security. It's not expression yeah. or authenticity or like becoming a higher version of yourself or anything like that. It's yeah. just operation security. I'd see, I used to buy into that 4chan philosophy quite a lot. Um, because like the dead internet theory, I think it's both true and not true at the same Schrodinger's time. Schrodinger's internet. Yeah. And, and Schrodinger's troll. Because if you are anonymous, it does free you up to say whatever the fuck you want. But a lot of people just use that opportunity to say the N word. To, well, you don't want to say that under your real name. Wouldn't I? <laughs> like, if you're the type of person who wants to use that word, you probably should get an anonymous yeah. account. <laughs> Unless you're I a rapper. They, like, go in the, the ghetto and post that <laughs> white boy. <laughs> come, come have that account in the ghetto. Yeah. <laughs> but, but, but for me, you know, it's just it's become clear that just because you're anonymous doesn't mean you're authentic. 
Right. Just because you're anonymous doesn't mean you're authentic. Truth. That is some real talk. Yeah. Um, and it doesn't make you wise or the things that you're saying correct or anything. <laughs> I am large anonymous sage because yes. you cannot identify me. <laughs> <laughs> when you can take the keyboard from my hand, you will be the master. <laughs> There's so many like 12 year olds though that are just fooling around on the computer. They don't know the damage that they do. I was a young troll online, like this script kitty just running docs <laughs> that scrolled text of skulls and dongs. And I was <laughs> just a kid online. I had no idea what what was happening, you know? And then yeah. I got Zoom bombed, right? <laughs> like when I did Elixir Salon. And yeah, I remember. I mean, it was the same spirit. It's it's kind of discordian in a way, I mean. Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> probably the healthy ways to just kind of roll with it. <laughs> the trickster archetype is here. I mean, the, the comic book authors did kind of predict this neo-tricksterism and, you know. Yeah. Here, here we are, a, a million so, Crowleys. <laughs> we all need to embrace our hyper-real selves and step into our superhero oh, episode. Delina 2.0, you <laughs> too can be your own god. Sign up for my magic course. Oh my god, there's actually a guy who does that that everybody makes fun of, and I want to say his name. Um, but he's <laughs> they like, may summon him. God, you know? Oh man. <laughs> I don't, no, I, I really don't remember his name. I just know that he sells a lot of courses about <laughs> magic. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I think I think I did took that course. Apparently, I'm Dionysus. So. Oh no! I <laughs> that you were Thor. <laughs> no, no, Odin. I, well, I do, I, I do like Odin. Well, I mean, I, I consider myself a cross between Mystique and Magneto with like Mystique's <laughs> appearance, but Magneto's dialogue. Ah, <laughs> oh, so if I, if I had a superhero persona, what would it be? <laughs> I did have one called the Recluse. Um, that sounds more like a tarot card. <laughs> well, so he was a he was a superhero with no powers, and he just bought up old supervillain equipment off eBay and used that. <laughs> <laughs> That's so like nineties slacker. Fuck you. I know. I know. <laughs> I can't can't help it. The Gen X comes out every now and again. <laughs> I, I feel more of a connection with Gen X than millennials. Uh, apparently, I'm somewhere between the two, actually, but people yeah. get into fights over where the, the yeah. demarcation I'm, is. I'm technically so. a millennial, but I feel like I'm too sincere to really take that label on. <laughs> so, do we think there's a way out? Is is there a way to resuscitate the dead internet? Besides, like, Web3 tokenization of all things, a million Discord channels? Uh <laughs> <laughs> are we talking about like something besides that? Uh, you talking about a new internet that isn't tokens? Uh, every yeah, bloody everything. It's not gonna happen. No. <laughs> how how would you even build a non-commercial in- uh, internet okay. anymore? In real life, in real life, you have to like regather tribes and form new micro groups. The only thing you can do is in real life shit at this point. Yeah, you can meet online and form communities with them and yeah you hear that thing? kids you got to get together you gotta and get up and touch some grass and touch <laughs> your friends and not do yoga way. take up meditation <laughs> focus on your breathing i'm being facetious in case anyone didn't know 
Can you tell the difference? I'm so <laughs> ironic. You can't tell if this is a joke or sincere. I'm so ironic. I don't so even know when I'm being serious. How do you oh. know if my memes are a joke or not? <laughs> How can you tell I'm anonymous? Seize the memes know. of production. <laughs> so is it all a communist plot? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> Clearly, we, we need to... Okay, so I kind of semi-subscribe to uh, a very obscure subset of anarchism called anarcho-technocracy, and the idea behind that is that you place as much of the technology as possible in the hands of everybody. So things like decentralized power generation, food production, um, and information technology. Um, hmm. I'm technocracy not sounds more like a totalitarian thing, though. Well, technocracy is technically ruled by the knowledgeable, right? The experts. That's like some guardian Plato elitism. Though. That this is yeah. like Davos. This is literally going to Davos. But the idea of a narco technocracy is kind of similar to the old goals of the of the socialist movement, which used to be to educate the poor. Right, and the working class. I don't and know. I mean, that's kind of exploitive in a way. You know, it, it's if, if kind you're of educating them, are they like your little pets? Did you want to picture yeah, it's, them? Yeah, it is. A- it is kind of condescending, uh, but I think the idea behind it was good, and the idea behind anarcho technocracy okay. is okay. that you, you know, give people the tools so sure. that they can make their own stuff. Techno not- socialism. Yeah, kind of. Sure. So, I mean, that's what the open source movement and all of the free software developers yeah. were. I mean, that's, forward, you know. <laughs> that's kind of what your idea of sort of scattering to the four winds and all these different communities and um, sort of moving on the crest of the wave before the, the new sites can be censored and put under control, you know? Yeah, the Underground Railroad. That, yeah. You know, different yeah. and like with you and your friends and. Not yeah. in the middle of the slave trade. And, I mean, there's yeah. been a big, big re-eruption of things like zine culture, um, which Sweet. has been interesting to see. So I think people are building almost like an um, infranet, if you nice. like. Nice. Do you have any zines to recommend? Not offhand. Most of the stuff I know is to do with uh, with gaming and so on. So, so it's like quite niche interest. Own zines from like the mid 90s onward and seeing all these different cultural artifacts that I had that I'd collected and I'd been featured in half of them and some are just friends online sending me their zines to share their their art with me I have like just so much alternative culture memorabilia from like the mid 90s onward stacks of zines and magazines and newsletters and just so much are we just being nostalgic though no i love that stuff i'm gonna start an alternative culture history museum cool. in real life so the new kids that are on tiktok they can come and see what alternative culture was like before they were born wait where are you gonna start i don't know it's just an idea that I have because I'm like, oh my god, I I have so much of this stuff. I just have piles and piles of these magazines. I think I, yeah, I think it's a fantastic idea. I'm just wondering, it's like teenagers weren't really invented till the 1950s. <laughs> <laughs> Were they a part of the dead internet of the yesteryears? Yeah. That, that, <laughs> I, so I'm, what was the dead internet before we had the internet? Was that like uh, television or? 
Like uh, well, tele- moms. Television was always establishment, right? Because it's the sheer amount of technology and so on MTV. that you need. That you MTV needed. was not establishment. MTV yeah. was like the counterculture media taking over. It was a good time. Yeah, for a while. Um, it was a good time. and Maybe and local radio was, was kind local of... Local radio was good. College radio. Independent yeah. radio. I mean, zine culture. You yeah. Know, Punk rock and goth and industrial, and all these niche, niche interest magazines. Not, real, not even all authentic. I was just talking about this. So the, the real raw culture experiences that we've had are never going to be replicated. And you have all these people online that are in their early twenties now, and the most exciting thing that's ever happened to them is that they saw a meme that they made get featured <laughs> in an article. They've but, lived their whole lives on 4chan, you know, fighting against the internet system. You know, they, they've been trolls their entire life. They haven't gone yeah. to raves or concerts. <laughs> but isn't that, isn't that great in and of itself, though? No. Is, is no, that no, not- people are really um, jaded and cynical, and they don't have the life experience to be that way. They, they haven't even been to a orgy of griefs. <laughs> they, they haven't been to... Uh, a goth club. How how are they gonna get all up there and be like, <laughs> you're you're cringe, non based. Like you're not based if you haven't even been to a fucking concert. You know? <laughs> <laughs> True. I mean yeah. I was, stories. I, I'm baffled by the way some people think that they are like so above everything when they have had no life experience outside of online culture. <laughs> I, it's I really, just me. I just always have this this note of caution, wondering whether I'm just being an angry grandpa, you know? <laughs> I am. I'm the, the get off my lawn. But to be yeah. fair, I've been online forever, so I have that as a rite of passage. And I shouldn't even be on it anymore. I shouldn't even be having this conversation with you. <laughs> oh, all right, fuck off. <laughs> i got to get off the internet. i got to get offline and jack me out of the system, James. I've been sucked into the Matrix. It's dead. <laughs> What is this? Corpses around me, you data. Oh, she's she's back on the corpses again. <laughs> I'm more like off. Not to censor you, but you know. More like off. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> so. A wrap? Are we, are we wrapping it up? Yeah, yeah. So it's just like, uh, so concluding comments then. Um, for me, I think, yeah, it, it's true and not true. There's a lot of nonsense out there. A lot of the internet is produced by bots and probably bots interacting with other bots <laughs> as well. And even the real people are trying to be fake most of the time. <laughs> but. I think there is a there is a way through, and it might be by conventions. Yeah, meet space zines, smaller communities. Get out there and start your own zine. Become your own superhero. Revive the comic hero revolution. Oh, young one, do not be fooled by those viral videos. They are only the dead internet keeping <laughs> you trapped. Be free, my child. Yes. You are being controlled by the undead digital hordes. <laughs> or we're a couple of old people grumbling. <laughs> Either of these things could be true, just like the dead internet theory could be true I'm not or not. Old. I'm 
just a hardcore angel. <laughs> I'm not old and wrinkled. I'm ribbed for her pleasure. <laughs> My corpse said no. <laughs> okay. Where it gets really yeah off record. <laughs> right. Well, I I think I think we'll draw things to to a close there as, we, as we're coming up on an hour. Yes, you, before things sir, get too out of James hand. James for hosting this combo. Oh, you're always always welcome, and there will be more from us um, as and when things permit. Thank you for tuning in, oh loyal listeners. Yes, our loyal listener, who we're sure isn't a bot. Right on. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye, everyone. Goodbye. Grimm's Tales. Music by Casket Bound. <laughs> <laughs>